Put your hand over your heart. (laughs) And say, Father, we honor you. We worship you tonight. I need to hear from you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I love heartfelt, simple prayers. Can, um, I can lift it. The chair. No. I want it in that square. Right there. And then a little bit tilted like that. Like like this. Okay, right there. Thank you. Okay. Hallelujah. You know I've got props. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. Uh, God is so amazing. He is so good. He's so good. He's so good. Um, The flowers. Okay. I'm going to tell you the why. To the what? We're going to get started. It's 718. Okay. If I could tell you that you're going to have foresight and foreknowledge of all things to come, if I told you that you will have wisdom to know what to do in every circumstance, you're going to have direction and you'll always be in the right place at the right time. If I told you that you will have strength for every hardship and peace to overcome any impossible situation, and above all, you will glorify Almighty God. Would you want to know the what? Would you want to know the what? What can make this available and how to make it happen? Yeah, absolutely. Don't we all? Yes. Hallelujah. So tonight we are talking about communion and fellowship with Almighty God. Communion, fellowship, spending time with him. Um, I got these beautiful flowers today. Aren't they gorgeous? Oh my gosh, look at them. They are just beautiful. Um, I was telling Justin earlier when I I got here and I saw the flowers, I said, you're never going to believe this. I was just reading and studying about glory, God's glory. And those are glorious you know, it's one of those words. It's like you, it, there's so many other words that can that to try to explain that word glory or glorious. And I said, actually, it does mean flower. And I'll tell you, I looked it up in the Webster's 1828, and it means well in Latin it's gloria or planus. I don't know, bright, shining, splendor. The Latin florio, to blossom, to flower, to flourish. In full bloom, splendor and magnificence. Isn't that cool? When something is is um, glorious, it's in full bloom. It's the way it's supposed to be, right? Isn't that awesome? And then I thought this was interesting because um, as I was praying and, and listening to the Holy Spirit, you know, God longs for fellowship. He longs for it. I mean, in Genesis, in the beginning, it says that he walked and he talked with Adam. Where? In the garden. Ah! I know. I love that. I was like, okay, flowers. Got it. In the garden, he walked and he talked with Adam. So he longs for fellowship with us. He longs to be with us, for us to know him and, and him to know us. And so I wanted to show you all these flowers because of the word glory. And now I'm going to have him take them. Okay. All right. (laughs) Uh, I love it. So we see God's glory in all creation. You know, how many of y'all loved sunsets? Sunrises. Has anyone ever seen a beautiful sunrise? Is anyone ever early up early enough to see a beautiful sunrise. And we can see God's glory in all his creation. But God's heart and his longing is mostly to be glorified in us and through us, right? It's the time that we spend with him that we glorify him. Um, 
So we're going to talk about what is communion? What does it look like? Um, it's interesting that I brought out this chair because like most of y'all, y'all have had hardships. How many of y'all have had a hardship? Have y'all ever said, as was said in Second Chronicles, I was thinking of this earlier, when you don't know what to do, your eyes are on who? Him. Yeah, on him. To glorify God, um, we have to spend time with him. Because when we glorify God, we are a reflection of him. We reflect him. Um, and this chair is significant of my childhood. Um, I grew up Catholic, so we did a lot of kneeling. And so this chair, not this chair in particular, but I had a chair by the side of my bed. And whenever I'd spend time with the Lord, I would kneel at the chair. And anytime anything would happen in my life where I, ne- I did not know what to do, and that was a lot of times. I knew if I could just get back to my chair, I could hear from him. I just, I just knew if I could just get back to my chair. Or if I was in bed and I was in turmoil, I'd get out of my bed and, get in, and kneel at my chair. Um, and it's interesting. I, I, I've read a book by um, Randy Alcorn called Safely Home. Has anybody ever read that book? It's an awesome book about China and the underground church. And it talks about this one man who is in prison. And the only thing he can have in the prison, he asked for a chair. And, of course, he had a bucket. And the chair represented God's presence. It represented, represented his time with his father. Isn't that good? You can find strength there when you fellowship with the Father. And fellowship is a partnership. It's a joint um, partnership. You have to have joint interest. The word says that you can't walk with someone unless you're walking what? In agreement, right? You can't be walking in one direction and somebody walking. Then you're not walking together. And God doesn't want us to be walking behind or walking, you know, kind of you know, in the bushes, I can see where God is. And I kind of, so that nobody will see me walking beside him. God wants us with him. That is what fellowship is. Fellowship is a word that we use. Um, we, we use when the kids were little, we're going to fellowship. And that always meant food, right? We're going to have a fellowship. What does that mean? Food. Yes. It always meant food, but fellowship with the father is um, it means partnership. Having fellowship is, um, it's intimacy. It's intimacy. It's having a likeness. It's now that we've spent time together, your likes become my likes, right? When two people spend time together, it's a relationship, right? You have, how many of y'all have relationships? You have a husband and wife. You need to be raising your hand. You have a relationship. You have to spend time with that person to know them, to have intimate time with them. Unless you spend time with them, you don't know them, right? And so as you spend time with the Father, you'll have knowledge of him and you'll have foresight, Right? In any situation, I know Justin, if something were to happen in our lives, I know exactly how he's going to react and respond because I've spent time with him. And that's what the father wants to do with us. He wants us to have time with him. Now, this time that you spend with the father, it has to be, it's a time that you determine you're going to, you're going to war against that time. I'm going to tell you, there's always going to be something else that's going to come up. How many of y'all are easily distracted? I'm one. I mean, oh my goodness, squirrel. That's me. I'm like, what? And you stop and you go, you're, you're con. So it's, it's something that you have to plan and you have to, um, you're going to war against it and you're going to have to use your mouth to say, I am going to spend time with the father today. And it's not just being in the word, reading about him, 
but it's actually communing with him where he speaks to you and you speak back. Or maybe you're just quiet and you just listen without your phone, without anything. And that time is honored. And that's how we glorify and reflect our father. It's honored. I think I I have gotten the best. um, I, I can't leave. I can't tell you any time where I have left my time with him. And I said to myself, oh, well, I just wasted an hour or 15 minutes. There's no way. It's like you will. I wrote down my chair. First came yielding. I had to yield that I needed him. Yield to the, the fact that I needed him. And then I had to determine to keep that time with him. To the, to the place where it became a necessity. Where it becomes something that I have to do. It's like I have to have my next breath. I have to have air. How many of y'all like breathing? I, I like to breathe. I've, I've drowned before. <laughs> and breathing is better. <laughs> yeah, breathing is a lot better. It's just a habit. But so that's the same thing with your time with God. It's like I have to. I have to. I won't. Let me tell you what, your time with God is going to help you make the decisions that you need to make in life. I'm not saying you don't need to um, study. I'm not saying you need, but God knows trig. God knows trig and he knows algebra. And um, he knows finances. He knows your taxes. He knows how to deal with that person at work. He knows. He knows all those things. And so in the natural, yes, I have to do the the thing in the natural. But in order to get the right decision, Kenny, I bet you have to spend time with God to know, should I go there? Should I not go there? Right? So it has to be something first on the inside of you where you say, on my own, I can't do it. On my own, I can't do it. Um. Isaiah 61, 3 calls us, we're to be oaks of righteousness. It says, the planning of the Lord, that he may be glorified. That he may be glorified. We are to reveal God's greatness in our littleness. (laughs) I love that he chooses us to glorify himself through. Me. You. But it takes just a yielding, you know? It takes just a yielding. I want you to look at, um, go to First John. First John 4, actually 3. This is amazing. First John 3. It says in verse six, you know what, after you, when you spend time with a person, you start to talk like them and you start to act like them. I just, I just, I just pulled a Justin. I just did what Justin does. I'll tell you where to go and then I'll tell you the chapter and then I wait and tell you the verse. That's exactly what he does. <laughs> cause I'm writing, I'm writing. I won't turn to the, turn in my Bible cause I'm like, okay, first John three, Three, where? I just did you. We're, we're going to celebrate 14 years. They, I mean, 14 years. I mean, it says when you spend time with each other, you not only talk like each other and you act like each other, you start to look like each other. I, I, yeah, I'm not growing a goatee. <laughs> I fight that every day. I'm plucking, plucking, plucking. Okay. So. 
know it's true. You know it's true. I, I have, I think, I don't know how many pluckers, those little things. All right. So First John chapter 3, verse 6. I love this. No way, no one who abides. No, absolutely no way, no one who abides in him. That means walks with him. So no way, no one who walks with him, who abides with him. And that means has communion with or fellowships with him. Him who? Capital H. With God. Who? And I'm reading out of the Amplified because I love the Amplified. Um no one who abides in him, who lives and remains in communion with and in obedience to him, deliberately or knowingly or habitually commits or practices sin. No one who habitually sins has either seen or known him, recognized, perceived, or understood him, or has had an experience experiential acquaintance with him. So if they are habitually sinning, it is obvious that they have not had communion or fellowship with the father. Right? Did did I read that? Did y'all read the same thing? So if I walk and abide in him, if I am um, spending time with him, Not just reading the word or reading about him, but actually spending time with him, listening to him. It says that I won't habitually sin. I will not be in in disobedience. I will be in obedience. So my communion or my fellowship is evident, right? Amen. It is evident. Absolutely. And I love... It's somewhere else in here. First John. He tells them. I believe it's verse four. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. So he's called us into. He's called us into fellowship. He's called us into oneness with him. Thank you, Lord. What is the thing that is going to come out of us when we spend time with him? It's going to be him. What is it that is going to show if it's not going to be him? Um, I, many years ago, when I I was in college, I, um, I was fresh out of high school. I was 18 years old and I'd moved to Waxahachie and, um, started at Southwestern and I was looking for a job and I always knew that I was supposed to work with um, emotionally disturbed children and abused children. Um, I, I knew that that's what God, that I was supposed to do that right out of school. Um, I went and applied for a position at a children's home. It was a United Presbyterian children's home in Waxahachie that was run by um, Boys Town from Omaha, Nebraska, Father Flanagan's Boys Town. And so um, I went for the interview. And now I've been walking with God since I was a little girl. And one of the questions that was asked was um, during the interview was, you, yes, I, I was a foster parent at 18. I had foster children that were 16. They didn't know I was 18. I didn't act like an 18-year-old. I think I acted like this. Um, <laughs> I've been a, an old person in a, for a long time. And, um, but I got hired. But let me tell you the question. The question was, you're going to get a child. You, you've gotten a child. It's a young man. He's a young teen. And he's rough-looking. And um, he's going to come into your house. And... Um, He's been on drugs. He listens to metal music. Um, this was in the 80s. It was 1987. Yes. No, 85. 85. It was 85. Um, and he comes into your house. He's in his room, which is your room, but it's his room. And he's put up a poster of a marijuana plant above his bed. And he's got his music 
what are you going to do? And I thought about it and I prayed. Well, obviously I prayed. I prayed the whole time. Um, But this is what I sense the Lord was telling me. And this relates to communion and fellowship with the Father. Because I said, what I would do is I would go in there and I would welcome him. I would tell him, it's so good to have you. Because here's the thing is God loves us all. I would spend time with him. I would, maybe when he's playing his loud music, I would go in there and say, what are you listening to? Is that a bat on that album cover? I mean, is that blood? What is that? That is so cool. Let me see that. You know, Um, I would go in and talk with him and spend time with him so that he would know that I love him, that he belongs. I would talk to him about how much I care about him and um, his mind, how he does in school. And eventually we would get around to talking about um, drugs and, and how they affect you and how that, that, would not, that would make me very sad to know that you would be held back because of drugs or you would end up in a situation where you might get hurt. And eventually I would, and you know, my hopes would be that through a relationship with him, that he would know that that would dishonor me and he would bring that down. And I'm going to tell you, that's what fellowship and communion with the father does. He doesn't start off going, you need to change all that, the way you're dressing, the way you're talking. Does that make you want to spend time with him? No, because we all come that way, battered, hurt, We've all come with stuff that we've tried to manage with on our own. And he wants us to know that we're not on our own. That's, what, that's where the yielding comes from. That's where I can't do this on my own. And it's just spending a little bit of time with him and understanding that he's not there to go, this needs to change, this needs to change, you're horrible at this, and I can't believe you did that. And it's just spending time with him knowing how much he loves you. And then, I, I mean, I've, I got the job. That was the, that was the answer. I mean, I don't know if that was the answer he wanted, but I got the job. Um, but I do know this, I've seen it work. I've seen it work in my life. When I spend time with, with the father, I'm aware of the things that are still, I'm still bound to. Because it's a process, isn't it? I'm aware that I'm holding on to things in the past that I shouldn't be holding on to. As I spend time with the Father, as I, as I spend time in his word, as I listen to messages, and I'm going to tell you the number one way to spend time with the Father is meditate. Meditate. And I'm not talking about, you know, like yoga, meditate. Meditate means to mutter over. It's to, and mutter is a, is a word. You mutter. It's not your mother. It's mutter. And it means to, under your breath, speak something. My God, my God shall supply all my needs. Just that one, one phrase over and over. My God, my God, my God. Is he my God? God, I need you to be my God. I need you to supply. And if you supply, then it's more than enough. And it's just, it's, it's thinking about it. It's going over. It's, it's, and I may just go over that for, for days, you know, and that's spending time. That's fellowshipping. That's communing with the father. That's him and I are getting to know each other. And let me tell you what, this partnership is not just, and I heard the Holy Spirit clearly say this to me today. And, and he said it to me before. Because when we think of partnership, we think, um, will you partner with me? And that means that you're going to um, give me money for me to do what I need to do. You know, that's partnership. We think of partnership that way, right? You, I'll tell you what my dream is and you underwrite my dream pretty much, right? But that's not what this means. Partnership, it means we're doing this together. I need you to fulfill what I need to fulfill on the earth. Did you hear that? He needs us. 
to help him to fulfill what he wants to do on the earth, to glorify him. To glorify means to reflect him, to show his glory, to show his goodness, to show his love, to show his mercy. But also, what's your dream? He wants to know what your dream is. He created us for fellowship, you know? He likes playing the guitar. He likes singing music just like you do. He likes pie just like I like pie, you know? He makes sure I get pie, you know? I mean, it's like, it's, 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 a, it's, it's intermingling. It's like this. It's where you can't tell where I begin and he finishes or I finish and he begins. We're together. My dreams are his dreams and his dreams are my dreams. He makes things happen in my life just because it's personal. Fellowship is personal. Communion is personal. He knows you like sunsets. He knows you like chocolate. He knows you like jazz music. He knows you like black and white movies. He knows that. It it makes him... He knows your first language. He knows your first language. And he will speak your first language to you. And he's done that to me. I love it. I've walked in here, it was years ago, like 15 years ago or 16 years ago, we used to have um, corporate prayer on a Tuesday night. No, it was years ago, 15 years ago, 16 years ago. I walked in and I heard, I heard him talk to me in Spanish. He called me Mija. And then he said something very personal to me. And I'm like, Yes! Like I needed to hear that. Because, like, I had, you know, it was, I don't know, 16 years ago, 17 years ago when I walked in here. was going through a divorce, single mom. And he let me know he loved me. I had, I was that kid, you know. I wasn't listening to metal music or had a marijuana poster. But, <laughs> but my heart wasn't right. And he didn't say you got to get it together. No. He called me his daughter. He says, I've been waiting for you. I love you. I've been waiting for you. So that chair represents his presence, his invitation, his invitation to us so that we may glorify him so that we may show him to others that need to know him. There's so many. Is there not? And so everywhere I go, one of the things that I pray, because I, I, I go to Walmart and I know I got a list and it's like, I'm, I'm just going to do my list. <laughs> but I've learned to say, Who is it that I'm supposed to talk to today? Who is it that I'm supposed to minister to today? Who is it that I'm supposed to pay for groceries or tell them God loves you, you know? Or just notice their spiked hair or whatever. It doesn't matter. Just whatever the Holy Spirit tells you, but it's being in communion with him, being able to hear him on a moment-to-moment basis. Amen. He longs for us to do that. That's glorifying the Father. Okay. My, my Omaha Father Flanagan story. I love that. Um, also, let's look at First, first John chapter 3. Okay. We're back there. <laughs> now we're looking at verse 7. First um, John 3, verse 7. It says, Boys, lads, let no one deceive and lead you astray. He who practices righteousness, who is upright, conforming to the divine will and purpose, thought and action, living, it says, a consistently conscientious life is righteous even as he is righteous. I love this. So fellowship, when I remain 
when I remain in him, when I remain in constant fellowship with the Father, it will cause me to conform, that word conform, to the divine will in purpose. I'm reading it really slow. The divine will is what God wants. So whenever I remain in constant communion with the Father, I will conform. That means I won't be doing what I want to do. I am now going to do what God wants me to do. Simple, right? Yeah. Do you think God wants us to do what he wants us to do? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. He does. And it says that we will live a consistently conscientious life of righteousness. Is that not awesome? So I can say this. A righteous person remains in constant communion with the Father. Is that right? Yeah. And communion with him is obedience to him. We know that. I will be conforming to his divine will. The life of God is in me and can be seen as the reason behind or the motive for everything I do and think. Here's an example. As Jesus was compelled by compassion, say, I will now be compelled by compassion. Is that what God's trying to get us to do, Kenny? I believe he is. That's exactly right. So we will now be conformed to his will, to doing what he wants us to do. We will be like Jesus where he was compelled by compassion. Another example is, because of love, I will now say. Because of love, I will now say. And we know that we will say it in love, but because of love, because I have spent time with love, I will now say. Or... (laughs) I will not say. Yes. Think about that. Because love, love speaks, love does, but also love doesn't speak. It doesn't say what you want it to say, what you want to say. (laughs) Right? For instance, think about that child. Because of love, I did not say Who do you think you are? This is not your house. This is my house. I don't allow that kind of stuff in here. What kind of relationship do you think I would have with him? Do you think I would get through to him at all? Do you think he'd ever want to know my Jesus? No. And I I had so many kids after that. At one point, I had 16. Well, we had 16. And... We got older children. We had, we got, um, I, Corey was a baby. Um, I was already 21, 22. And um, we had older children that were borderline institutionalized or should be put in prison. And, and um, they lived with me and my baby. And so... Um, but I spent time with them. I let them know that they were loved and they were cared about. I I was interested in what they were interested in, just like Jesus is, just like God is with us. It's not just time that he spends with us going, okay, this is what you need to do. And this is what, it's not like he's not interested in your life. He's interested in every detail of your life and he will take care of every detail of your life. You know, from pie to Taxes, you know, from one thing to the other. Um, I, I had one child who um, told me, I mean, he just looked at me. He's like, do you know that I could kill you? I mean, he was, he was big. He was looking down at me because I was trying to get him to clean his room. And he's like, do you know I can kill you? I'm like, yeah, but you're going to clean your room first. <laughs> and he just looks at me and he's like. Do you know what I did to my mother? I'm like, we're not talking about your mom right now. This is what you need to do. And, um, I mean, I did, they, they knew I loved them. They knew it. I wasn't, I didn't come, you know, 
out of fear. I knew that God had placed me there with them to show them the love of God. I, I was able to lead five little children. Actually, all the children God led to the Lord. Um, and um, with, I had them for two years, and I left and I found, because they, no, they left. They left to go back with their mom. And within a few months, um, I got word that all five of them had been killed. All five of them. And um, that was the, one of the hardest times in my life. Um, I had lost a baby and found out that all five of them had been killed. And went to that funeral. And... Um, met the mom and met the dad that had, because they'd lived, met them, um, shook their hands, and saw those five little caskets. But as they talked about the kids and they read um, their little poems and shared their little stories, they all knew Jesus. They all knew Jesus. They all knew Jesus. Little Virginia, she got saved. She was the scapegoat out of all the five. Um, she was the one that was the worst abused. But she, she accepted Jesus. I would go and sit with her and pray with her at night when she had nightmares. And um, there's people that we're supposed to affect. There's people that we're supposed to show God's glory to. That's a, that, that's a religious word. It's a church word, glory. You want to show God's glory or be, you know, but we know what it means. We want to reflect him. We want to be him to others. But we can't do any of that without spending time with him. Just to commune with him. And really, and here's the thing, you guys, and I've said this before, if you've ever heard me speak. Um, you're only in charge of doing what he tells you to do. That's it. That's it. It's not up to you to do anything else other than what he's told you to do. He is not obligated to bless, to do anything outside of what he's told you to do. So if you're just to lead them to Jesus, then lead them to Jesus. That's it. If you're to talk to them or check on them and all that, then yes, if that's what God has told you to do, if he's graced you for it and grace is his ability to do something that you can't do on your own, because if you try to do it, how many of y'all know you mess it up? We all mess it up. We mess it up when we try to do it outside of him. Did it work? Did it not work? Did I say it right? Did I not say it right? I don't know. Who cares? Did you do what God told you to do? Yes. That that's that's all that matters. Just do it. If you, you know, that mom who can't get out of bed and take her child to school and they're your neighbor and but that little boy needs to get to school or the parents are fighting and they're always split up. And so the kids have to come and spend the night at your house. And you just, you just do what God has told you to do. Is it your job to go and straighten it all out? And no, just love them. Just do what God tells you to do. I don't know how many times that happened. How many people we've done that for. And we still know and see them and they still love Jesus. And they've, some of them have gone to heaven and it's okay. We just, just, why are you doing that? Because God told me. But it's taking time away from their little... It doesn't matter. If God told me, he's going to redeem that time. He's going to redeem that time. But if God didn't tell you to do it, don't do it. Because then you're stealing from something else that you should be doing. Or you should probably should be spending time with your family. Or you should be doing something with your husband or with your wife. Don't make ministry... An excuse. Okay? Don't make ministry an excuse to not to do what you're supposed to be doing. Okay? Some things are given. <laughs> okay? Been there, done that as well. 
Um, 1 Peter 1, 2. It says, I love that it talks about that he's chosen us. He's elected us. Different, there's different um, translations that talks about we were chosen, we've been elected. Um, I love that. And, by, and foreknown. He knew us. He knew us and he chose us. I love that. Can you say that? Say, God chose me. He's, he has. He's chosen us. You're like, me? What can I do? He just chose us. And it says, on the bottom half of that verse, it says, grace and peace. Different translations read it differently. I've written it down this way. Grace and peace be multiplied to you according to your knowledge or your foreknowledge of God through Jesus Christ. Some translations use the word knowledge. Some of them use foreknowledge. Foreknowledge just means I know you, so I know what you're going to do. (laughs) Isn't that good? So grace and peace is multiplied based on my knowledge of God through Jesus Christ. How many of y'all need grace and peace? Every day. And I need it multiplied. 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 Grace, 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 and more grace. And his peace. His peace means I'm not going to be rattled because I know God. I'm not going to be rattled because I know God. Peace is power. Peace is power. Because if the devil can rattle you and shake you up, then he's got you. I think it's Keith Moore that talks about if the devil can keep you in the arena of your thought life where What's going to happen? Oh my gosh, what, how am I going to meet this need? How am I going to do that? How am I going to pay for this? How, what's going to happen? What, 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 what? If he can keep you in that arena up here, he's got you beat. But if you can keep put him in the, fight him in the arena of faith, meaning who I know God to be, you beat him. He's got nothing. Amen. And faith comes by hearing, spending time with him, hearing, 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 talking with him, hearing what he's got to say. And I love it because God's so, he's on point every time. <laughs> he knows. He knows every time. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. Thank you, Father. My prayer is that we will not neglect and not allow circumstances, not allow life to keep us from the thing that will make us win, you know? Because the enemy knows. I mean, he can't, it, it says that he comes out to kill, steal, and destroy, but he can't actually kill, steal, and destroy unless he takes what out of us? The word, God, love, him. Yeah, he can't do it. He can't touch us. And if we remain in love, I love, I love, if you, if you can read First John, the whole book, it is amazing. I mean, he's known as... He says, I'm the apostle that that Jesus loves. And he's the only one that could not be killed. They tried to boil him and he couldn't die. Because he knew Jesus. He knew God. He, He just, he was the beloved. He called himself the beloved. I'm the beloved. I'm the beloved. I am the beloved. Satan can't touch me. That's exactly what 1 John 5 says, 529. I am the beloved. God's love rules and reigns in my heart. I know him and I know he loves me. So Satan cannot touch me and he can't touch mine either. He can't. He has no power and no authority. I know my God. I've spent time with him and Satan loses every time. He's under my feet. He is under my feet. 
Don't let him step all over you. Don't walk around with footprints of the devil all over you, beat up. We're children of God. We walk with him. (laughs) We walk with him. Mm, That's right. Do you know who my father is? That's it. And we have to do that. We have to. You ha- and you have to say it. You can't fight thoughts with thoughts. You have to fight thoughts with words because thoughts are going to come. And that's the only way he can try to, to, to attack you is up here, right? In between these, these two ears, right in here. That's the only way the devil can defeat you is up here. Don't let him. You speak. You speak what you know. And I know God loves me. If that's all you know, then just say that. God loves me. God loves me. He loves me. Oh, perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. Fear is punishment. Mm-mm. Jesus took that. I have peace. All is well. Woo, hallelujah. Mm, stand to your feet. <laughs> Glory to God. Sometimes you just need to stomp on the devil. Just and and do things. I, it's just you and him. It's just you and him. Whatever you have to do. I had a chair. You don't have to have a chair. Whatever it is that you have to do to spend time with God. Whatever you have to do to remind yourself, the devil is under my feet. The devil is under my feet. Oh, Father, I come to you. I need you today. I need you today. There was a lady, I can't remember who it was. She would put like a dish rag over her head and she would spend time with God. Who was that? They would just put a dish rag. John Wesley's mother. She just put it. That's she spent time with God that way. She couldn't quite get alone, but she put it in. The kids knew. Oh, she's got that dish rag. She's spending time with Jesus. So, and that was her quiet time. Whatever it is. And you, t- if you've got little ones, you say, mom is spending quiet time with God. You just sit right here, color, do something, but I need to spend this time. You need me to spend time with him. Tell your husband that too. You need me to go spend time with Jesus all by myself. <laughs> Trust me. Mm-hmm. Oh, Father, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you nudge us. You nudge us. You nudge us every morning. The word says that you sing over us at night. (laughs) Oh, even some of us, we feel his kisses as we sleep and hear his singing over us going, are you awake yet? Are you awake yet? Are you awake yet? Oh, you long, you long, you long to spend time with us. Holy Spirit, remind us of those sweet places and times that we've spent with you. Whether it was at a school, on a porch, at a house, in a different room. Bring back to remembrance those sweet times that we've spent with you. Draw us in, draw us in, draw us in, draw us in. Holy Spirit, draw us in, draw us in, draw us in. If anything, just to be in your presence. I know when I was a little girl, the, I, I was a rule girl because I was raised Catholic and I just wanted rules. Tell me what to do, tell me what not to do. And, and the word says the very first It says that the most important, the most important commandment. And I'm like, okay, yes, I'm on it. I'm on it. Tell me what it is. And it says to love the Lord, your God, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with everything. Love him first. How do I love you? I want to love you. I want to fulfill that. I want to spend time with you. And more surely than not, 
you fulfill that first, you fulfill that second half, which is, and love others. Go love others. Go love others. Go love others. Go show me to others. Show me to others. Love others. Tell them I love them. You, you, I need to spend time with you. That's what he's saying tonight. That's what he's saying tonight. I miss you. I miss our times together. I want to teach you a new song. I want to teach you a new poem. I want I want to show you a sunset. I want to show you a sunrise. I want to spend time with you. The word says, what is man? What is man that you are mindful of him? You, God, long to walk with us and talk with us in the cool of the day in the garden. (laughs) To share with us the secrets, plans, strategies. I I know a lady who got recipes from her time with God. Recipes, gluten free recipes, and now she has a business. I know people who have learned how to fix cars just from their time with God. I know people who have learned trig, passed trig, passed their bar exams, passed just spending time with him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The living God, the God of the universe longs to spend time with you. What is man? that you are mindful of him. (laughs) He loves me most. He wants you to walk away saying that. He loves me most. Oh. Y'all, it's, and I can only relate it to the love of my grandma. She had 68 grandchildren when she went home to be with Jesus. And out of the 68, I could say I was her favorite. (laughs) and my grandpa's favorite and then I went to um, one of my uh, aunts my oldest aunt's funeral and I met a a cousin that I didn't even know I had and she's the oldest cousin and so she proceeded to tell me she was the favorite I said I don't think so she's like in her 80s and she had a cane I'm like I don't think so well, they bought me a horse. They didn't. They spend time with me. Time. That's what our father wants is time. To tell you, to show you. You're my favorite. And you are. We all are. Isn't that good? God loves us. Whew. 